Before you watch this exclusive interview with Andrew Tate, there are a few things you need to know. Andrew is taking a massive risk agreeing to do this five hour and 20 minute interview because he is still under house arrest and under investigation, which means anything he says can This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the... Must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And, and we'll be held against them. Now, what did we talk about in this interview? We talked about his experience in jail with Tristan, untold stories, religion, how this impacted his life, how emotional was it, was he scared? You're gonna see a side of him you've never seen before. We definitely talked about BBC. BBC is not going to like this interview for many reasons, you'll see why. It's a total of 15 hours that we spend with Andrew and Tristan at his compound, so a lot was covered. Having said that, there's about 45 minutes of this interview that will be censored due to the topic of discussion being around his investigation and Romania. So if you want to see that 45-minute portion, you will need to text the word TATE to 310-340-1132 or click on a link below to subscribe to an email for that to be sent to you after his investigation or indictment is public. Having said that, brace for impact. You're about to be valued by the one and only Andrew Tate. I'm winning too well. I'm scared by the incompetence of these clowns. If this guy is so innocent, how can they get you to go to the dungeon for 92 days? How can they put you on house arrest? How can they do all this stuff? They could do this to you. They could do this to anyone. instinctually at 5 a.m. because that's when they raid your house. I wake up at like 4.59, I just fucking shoot up. Empires have fallen so many times because they thought they could get away with murder and then eventually people said, listen, stop. You're not gonna do this to me anymore. We're not, we're not gonna take a stand. When I destroyed the BBC, my brother was celebrating, I knew. I was like, Tristan, no. You don't beat the British Broadcasting Corporation to make fools of them like this without some new bullshit. This is where their argument has leaks in it. I'm genuinely looking for guidance here. Am I supposed to roll over and fucking lose? You sincerely don't know what the right thing is. I sincerely have decided that the best thing I can do is stay true to my faith and stay true to God and tell the truth and fight. So a lot has changed since the last time we sat down with Andrew Tate. Last time we sat down with him, uh, you were the most uh, Google man on earth. Uh, today, effective last two days, you are now the most Googled woman on earth. Correct. According to your Twitter profile. Correct. And uh, uh, we wanted to make sure after the BBC interview, you made certain requests. Yeah. You said you want moving forward there to be a $50,000 fee when people sit down to do an interview. So we wanted to make sure the ESG score for this interview would be very high. We got you a $50,000 Target gift card. I appreciate that very much. For people Thank in you. America will appreciate that. I need that. a whole new wardrobe And then now. you also said cookies. So Adam got you some cake cookies Amazing. to make sure yes. we match that. And then we, we One did, for your brother as well, We I did believe. bring a Bud Light, yes. but unfortunately, Vinny finished it on the way 
here, Vinny. Sorry. You know, we, we uh, I'm already a girl. I don't need Bud Light. Yeah, so we respect that. So, but anyways, look, uh, a lot's obviously changed from last time to this time. Last time we sat down was around nine months ago. Yeah. You had, at the time, been uh, deplatformed from every social media platform. We came out here, we sat down, we spoke. The Matrix was attacking you. You were saying, Matrix attacking me, Matrix attacking me. Yep. From then on, uh, uh, Musk buys Twitter in October. Yep. He then reinstates you. Correct. In one day, I believe you get a million followers on Twitter. You're upwards of a seven million today. Yep. Every other account's taken down. I think even Tristan was taken down off of Instagram. Yep. Uh, and then, you know, the arrest comes, the lover boy, all these articles, yep. and Vice releases the hit piece uh, on you guys. You know, they're saying what they're saying, and I'm sure we're going to get some comments on that. Yep. The initial 30-day lockup was extended twice, 92 days in the dungeon. Yep. Uh, we had a chance to speak with one of your lawyers, Tina uh, Glandian, on February 24th. It was a great conversation we had with her. Then eventually you're released, you and your brother come out and you specifically make it clear that you did 7,417 push-ups. Correct. Very impressive. You receive letters from uh, thousands of fans, you read the Quran on a daily basis. Yep. At no point was any charges, uh, uh, anything official charge, it was all allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yep. And while you were away, a new star was born, Dylan Mulvaney, which I'm sure you're familiar with. From there on, a lot of comments were made. Uh, comments of people that supported you, comments of people that didn't support you. Yeah. Logan Paul said by 2023, he will not have a sliver of relevance, is what he said. KSI said Andrew Tate snitched on himself after getting racialed by Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Destiny said Andrew Tate has been arrested for rape charges in a, a country he specifically lives in to avoid rape charges because he was uh, beefing with a autistic child on the internet. I think he's referencing uh, the great Greta. Yep. Matt Bernstein advocated to get you kicked off of Instagram. I'm sure. And uh, he's part of the Blue Pill community, a big famous makeup artist. Yep. Ethan Klein said, uh, and that's why I call him Andrew, the human trafficker. He sent me a cease and desist threatening to sue me for defamation for saying he's a human trafficker. Yep. What else am I supposed to call someone that buys and sells human beings after their will? Tate, the human trafficker. NBC in January 2023 said Andrew Tate said he broke a woman's jaw and that his business was a scam ahead of Romanian charges. Yeah. Rolling Stone said uh, meet Andrew Tate, ex-kickboxer, red-pilling the angry young men of America. These are people that didn't support you. Now these are the people that supported you. Tucker Carlson, he comes out and he says on Full Send podcast, first of all, he's really smart. Yeah. The spirit that animates Andrew Tate is very clear and very obvious and it's not a malicious spirit at all. Andrew Tate's core message is respect for yourself, act like you're worth something, yep. achieve something, do something, get the fuck off the couch, put down the porn, go do something with your life. That's the greatest message that anyone could give. It tells you everything about the people in charge who say, uh, who say that's threatening. What is that threatening? The same people who live on the pedo island with Epstein and the same people that were friends with Harvey Weinstein were claiming to protect women by rebuking Tate. Yep. That's Tucker Carlson, yep. Pierce Morgan who originally, when he went on, it was very combative. Correct. It was a very good interview, entertaining, but it was also interesting to see him trying to push you. And then he flips and he says, this is getting ridiculous. Romanian authorities must either charge him yep. and his brother if they have actual evidence of crimes or release them. Musk obviously supported by releasing, restoring your account like this. Jake Shields said people are freaking out about young boys looking up to Andrew Tate, but totally fine with young girls looking up to Cardi B and the Kardashians, and obviously, Aiden Ross, Red Bull community, Joe Rogan, I can go on and on and on yeah. about a lot of things that's being said. We watched the BBC interview, and we'll talk about BBC here in a minute because I have some questions on that as well. But the first thing I wanna ask you is, you know, nine months, where we were at then, September, to where we are today, a lot's changed. How do you feel with everything that's going on? And tell us a little bit about your current state today. Yeah, there's a very strange sense of terror that comes from knowing exactly what's gonna happen to you. There's a strange sense of calm that comes from it also, but in the middle of the night when you can't sleep, sometimes you feel happy knowing what they're trying to do to you and sometimes you feel terrified knowing what they're trying to do to you. I think I'm very happy every single podcast I did previous to this, I hammered the point home and I made it very clear that they had the intention of trying to put me in jail. I said, there's three lives. They try and cancel you and slander you and destroy your name. They don't just want you to disappear from the internet. They want you to disappear from the internet in a cloud of shame. They have to shame you which is why they chose the crimes they did for me and it's why they usually choose the crimes they choose because it's heinous. They wanna shame you and they want you to disappear with your head facing the ground and never pop up again. 
Obviously, they attempted to cancel me. I became more famous than ever before. I even said to you on your podcast, and I said on other podcasts, I said, I think they made a mistake. I think when you have power and you overuse it, you, what happens is a rebellion. That's how a revolution starts. When you have power, you have to be very, very careful with how you use that power. The second you overuse it, there's a re revolution, like, and we're in Romania, so they know all about that. That's exactly what happens. And I, I said at the time, I think I was a mistake. I think they made a big mistake canceling me the way they did. And then the second time, the second life, which I described is they try and put you in jail for no reason. Here we are in the current scenario. I knew it was gonna happen. And the third one is they put a bullet in your head. So we're gonna have to see how the second life plays out. And yeah, I mean, when this is all over and I win the court case and I get the not guilty, I, I won't be smiling. I'll be walking out the courtroom with my head on a swivel. <laughs> That's the kind of life I'm living now. I'm gonna be thinking, oh, okay, so their second attempt failed. Now what? Like, do I want to fly private anymore? <laughs> do I want to go that place anymore? Do I, you start to think about yeah. these things. Like, do I want to do these things? A lot of billionaires die, dying in plane crashes. It's strange. So it's scary regardless of how it plays out. And I guess you just have to go with the punches and, and, and see where it lands. And God has a plan for, for me and for all of us. And we're just going to see how it ends up. Full disclosure, you don't have any suicidal thoughts. I want to make it very clear, and I make it clear on absolutely every single podcast, I would never kill myself. I don't care what they say. I don't care what video they show you. Never under any circumstance would I kill myself. It's haram. Never. I don't care if they put me in back in the dungeon, solitary confinement by myself for the rest of my human years. I would never kill myself. Ever. Ever. So if that ever happens, God forbid, do not believe whatever garbage they tell you. The chance of me killing myself is precisely zero. And you had this complete level of certainty that this is exactly how it would play out. You've said this on umpteen podcasts that yeah. this, is what, how, this, is their, this is their agenda. They have to damage my influence. They have to damage my influence. They can't sit there and let me be influential because I'm saying things that they don't like me saying. And there are people sitting around going, he's saying things counter to our message and counter to our narrative, get rid of it. And they have a pretty standardized playbook. And this is probably one of the first times in history where their playbook just isn't working. Cancel him. He's still around. Oh, well, lie about him in the news. Just say he touches mm -hmm. chicks. Well, no one believes it. Oh, all the comments are on his side. Everyone's calling us liars. Okay, then do it again. Then do it again. Make up a new girl. Then do it again. Find someone else. Yeah. And they keep attacking me with the same weapons, but the bullets are bouncing off. And that doesn't give me a sense of calm. That doesn't make me think, ha, 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 I'm invincible. It makes me think, uh-oh. <laughs> it makes me think, uh-oh, because human life is cheap at the top. It's very cheap. Does it make you want to sit on the sidelines and be quiet and just kind of live a life with your family, your kids? Does it make you want to do that? Maybe, maybe all these attention is actually not a good thing. It's interesting because sometimes I analyze myself and think, why don't I just do that? Why don't I just disappear? You know, I don't need money. I don't need fame. Why don't I just disappear? And then you have to, I was saying this to my brother and he was like, well, Genghis Khan didn't need Vienna. Some people are just wired that way. <laughs> like Vienna's a long way from Kathmandu. Sometimes that's just uh, the way it is. Or Ulaanbaatar, I apologize, the capital of Mongolia. That's just the way some people are. If I see injustice, and if I see things which I believe to be false, I feel like I am obligated to say the truth. I can't explain why, even if at my own detriment. What am I doing this for? Like, it's, it's to the detriment of my life. And I've had these conversations at length with the people close to me, and, and, and we're all saying the same thing. It's always been the same way. Humanity's always been the same way. There's been a select, fall, small, few good men up against evil, and evil always outnumbers you. Evil always has more money than you. They always have more power and more influence than you. If you look at, you play any video game, when you get to the end boss, he always has more life than you. He always has more hit points, but you're the good guy. And it's kind of like, it's, it's never been any different at any point in human history. There's been the good guys up against the forces of evil, whatever they were of the time. And you've always been outnumbered and you've always been supposed to lose. So you consider yourself the good guy in this situation? I think that truth is instilled by God in all of us. And I think if you tell the truth, you're a good person. So who do you think is the bad guy? You know, everyone uses they, them, them, they're after me. Who's they? Who's the bad guy? Well, instead of saying who, I will say, what I will start by saying is what they do. And what they do is they control information. And we now live in an information society, and by controlling information, they control how people think and act and react to things. That's all they have to do. They have to control information, and they have to be very selective with what they allow you to talk about, and what they allow you to discuss, and what they don't. And once they can do that, they can keep you bickering about garbage, and they can control the sensitive information, and then they run the world. So having all the information controlled and having this hard barrier on what can be discussed that's how they can purport absolute fallacies. I think now it's been a couple of years, we can probably talk about it. 
They psyoped the world into believing they should be afraid of the common cold. They, they psyoped the world into this. And if you think about how difficult that would be to do, how difficult would it be to psyop the entire population of Earth? Well, what you do is you just lie on repeat and you don't allow anyone to say anything counter to it without hurting them the same way I've been hurt. And you just psyop them. It's actually amazing because now I use that exact same psyop on people. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. So when I sit with someone who's not matrix-minded, when I sit with someone who is matrix-minded, like when the BBC walked in here, I'm like, do you all have your vaccinations? Social, <laughs> social distancing. Did you actually 100%. Social distancing, please. <laughs> and they look at me like I'm crazy. Well, how am I crazy? Two years ago, you were telling me to do this. Now when I repeat your own worldview to you, I'm crazy. Well, if I'm crazy, guess what? You're a fucking liar. Because you lied the whole time. So either you're a liar or I'm not. You know, how could I be nuts? Put your fucking mask on. If I ever talk to any of these clowns again, they're going to be fully masked up. And I, and I refuse. I don't care if you've had two booster jabs. No, I want all six. All six injections. I want paperwork. Or get oh, fucked. you're not coming in the house. I'm scared of COVID. It's dangerous. I believe the mainstream media. I'm scared. This word you keep using, PSYOP, I've never heard this. It's short for psychological operations. Correct. Break that down. What, what exactly is a PSYOP? Yeah, a PSYOP is, is, is the matrix as a whole. It's like psychological, psychological operations are constant. They constantly decide how they want you to think and what they can do to make you believe that. Right? And there's a whole bunch of them they do. But it starts with tolerance. That's what I don't like about this whole guise of tolerance. It's not that I'm an intolerant person. It's not that I'm a bad person. It's not that I want to hurt other people. But when they keep pushing tolerance, what they're trying to say is have no standards or barriers or parameters for anything. That's what they want. You have to be tolerant. Tolerant of what? Tolerant of having your shop set on fire. Tolerant of your kids being taught things you don't want. Tolerant of crime. Tolerant of your house being broken. Like, tolerant of what? You're not allowed any hard barrier or any hard parameters as a man anymore. That's why they push tolerance. That's the beginning of it. That's the first stage. Once you accept absolute tolerance, well, then it's the end, isn't it? I'm tolerant of everything. I'll eat the bugs. Sure. You'll tolerate everything. I'll tolerate everything. I'm tolerant. Sure. So when I, I say things like I'm intolerant of certain things and people think that's bad, no, you need to have standards and parameters. And that's one of the reasons they also attack me. I, I say that men should be allowed to have standards and parameters in a relationship and in their lives. We should be allowed to decide who we want to marry and we should have standards for her. They have standards for us. We should allow ourselves to have standards for her. We should have standards in what we'll accept from a government and standards in what we'll accept from a police force. We should have standards as men. But they're trying to erode all of that because once that's gone, then your brain is completely empty. And then once your brain's empty, they can just plug in the slave program and then, then it's over, right? You're, to you're a tolerant person. You're a tolerant person. Good. You're a good slave. Slaves are exceptionally tolerant. So the shirt you wear is what? Escape the slave mind? Resist the slave Resist mind. the slave mind. Resist. What does that mean it's exactly? A, it's a better word. Resist. Resist. Right? But I, I want to do this before we get into because we got, we got five hours. We got plenty of time to get into a lot of different topics. So one, I do want to talk about BBC. Yeah. Uh, the handling of the interview, I want to get your thoughts on it. I know there's been reactions, but I want to go a little bit deeper into it yeah. because I want to compare how your start with the interview with BBC started versus Philip Schofield versus Musk. I got all the first questions. We'll cover that. Yeah. I want to talk about media. I want to talk about your evolution of your faith, yeah. atheist, Christian, Muslim, yeah. and then some of the things that's going on with politics right now. You know, maybe a little bit of Romania, you know, Trump will we'll cover what you're talking about with different things. It's funny you're saying uh, monopoly on power, monopoly on power. If you abuse it, now YouTube's turning around and saying, hey, you can talk about the election. We're no longer going to give the strike. So that doesn't work forever. First thing I want to talk about, I think the audience would like to know, for you and Tristan, 92 days in the dungeon, you know, you're in jail, yep. your, your experience in there. We keep hearing about it. We read about it. But what was it like for you guys being in there? So I'll start by saying, and I have to make this clear, that the staff in the jail were exceptionally nice to me. Um, they were very apologetic. The, the vibe was apologetic. Nobody was really treating me like a criminal. There were a few guys who were icy cold, I guess you could call them. They liked to think of themselves as professional, but they were just inhuman. But over time, they warmed up, and I was exceptionally nice also to all the staff. Jail was terrible. I'm going to start by saying jail was terrible and I was miserable inside of the jail cell. It's a good thing depression isn't real because I would have been depressed. But I think in life that you get what you give and I wanted to feel happier so I tried my very best to make people happy. So when the old lady would bring me my food, 
I would sit and say, oh, this is the best food I've ever had. I've never had food this good. Did you cook this? I thought yesterday was the best, but you managed to surpass it again. How'd you do it? What's the magic ingredient? And I ended up making friends with them. Like, like I had grandmas in there, the old ladies cooking the food. And by trying to make people happy and smile all the time, I started to feel a lot happier. But it's kind of scary. And I think the scariest thing about jail was the uncertainty of it all. If they would have said to me, you're in jail for 92 days or even five years, you got five years. Cool, I do my time. But when you're nabbed and thrown in a cell without charge, you're like, well, how long, am is this my life? Is this it now? Is this the end of the story? I'm just in this cell. And I was picked up on 29th of December. I went through this quick court case. Like I said, I'm inside of the, the jurisdiction of Romania, so I have to be very careful with what I say because the case is ongoing and we're in Romania and I can't leave Romania. But obviously Romanian court is in Romanian by law. So you're marched into this room. Everyone speaks a language you don't understand for 15 minutes. And then you're marched off to jail. You're like, what even happened? What, what even happened to me? And they said, oh, here's the paper that explains it. I was like, that's in Romanian. And they said, oh, don't worry, you'll get a translation to English by law. I was like, okay, that's fine. But because I was picked up on the 29th of December and there was New Year's Eve and holidays, it was two weeks before I even knew why I was in jail. Two solid weeks I'm in jail. I, no one told me in English why I'm in jail. I had no idea what the charge Can they do that? By law, you get it on the piece of paper in English, but it's translation, it's holiday, we need to find a translator, right. there's a delay. And you speak zero Romanian. Zero. So they said, oh yeah, human trafficking. Like, what, what do you mean human trafficking? Who? When? What? What is, what is this? Took, took two weeks before I finally got a piece of paper and then I realized what garbage it truly was. I mean, I knew it was garbage, but I was like, this is complete garbage. Yeah. So um, yeah, I have endless stories from jail. It was, it was certainly, it, I, think, I don't think jail teaches you much new. What it does is confirm everything you already know. It confirms everything you know about the reality of the outside world, that you need to be physically strong so that you're not attacked by others and mentally strong so you're not attacked by yourself. You need to, you learn who's on your side and who isn't. You learn who's a coward and who's not. You learn who's an opportunist and who isn't. Your, your circle, you certainly learn a lot about the people around you when you go to a jail cell, that's for sure. But I remember it was New Year's Eve. When I, when I was first picked up on the 29th of December, I was very sure I'd be out in 24 hours. I was like, there's no way they're going to keep me. For, for what? Like, this, this, not, this doesn't make sense. So finally New Year's Eve rolls around and uh, I'm sitting in the, in the jail cell by myself. And in Romanian jail, you don't leave the room. It's not like an American jail where there's a yard or anything, you're stuck in the room. It's three by four and that's your existence. You just stay in the room. Are you by yourself? 24 you hours Tristan? a day. At the beginning I was by myself. Um, and you're stuck in this room and I'm sitting there. It's New Year's Eve. And there's a very faint speaker, maybe way down the hallway. The guards must have been having a little party for New Year's Eve. And there's this awful song. It's called, it's called the Ketchup Song. I don't know if you know what it is. I don't want to sing it, but it goes, hey, aha, hey, that yes. super annoying song. <laughs> and I'm sitting there, and I, I know it's New Year's Eve because the fireworks start going off. And I'm looking out my tiny window, and I can just hear in the, the very long distance from the end of the hallway, hey, ha-ha, hey. <laughs> And I'm sitting there looking out the window like, this can't be it. This can't be the end of my life. Even the cockroaches all over the walls didn't celebrate. There was maybe, there was maybe 15 cockroaches on the walls, right? And when, when it struck 12 and the fireworks went off, I kind of like, well, who's my friends in here, the cockroaches? I looked at them, even they didn't move. I was like, well, that's New Year's. It's funny because before that, a couple days before that, me and Tristan were discussing, do we want to do New Year's in Dubai? Do we want to go Courcheval? Shall we go Miami? We're all arguing. Oh, that will be boring. Now that's too far. We had all these grandeur plans. Oh, finally we decided to go to Dubai. We were in Czech Republic at the time and we decided to go to Dubai. And I said, let's stop in Romania so I can repack a suitcase. So that's jet, it. That's the only reason. That's the only reason. So Jet left Prague, landed in Romania. My jet was still on the runway. Came here overnight to pack a suitcase, spent the night, spoke to Greta with the pizza box, and it's 5 a.m. they got before I flew back to Dubai. So that was my The infamous Greta pizza box situation. Greta pizza box. How yeah. much you think it, there, there's anything linked to Greta? Is there anything, uh, because the timing of it. Yeah, I don't think she specifically said that. Of course. But there are certainly people within the Matrix machine that you can't attack without catching flack for. There are certain, there's certainly protected people. It's absolutely not really a club, and you're either in the club or you're outside of the club. She's certainly in the club, right? So if, you're, if, you are, if you say certain things about certain people, or you get a beef with X amount of people, or you discredit a certain person, they're going to try very hard to teach you a lesson for doing that. And you can see very clearly who's in the club and who isn't by the, the Philip Schofield situation. 
This is a man who has groomed boys and had sex with them, but he's in the club. All of the media headlines after two days are, let's have compassion, feel sorry for him, uh, his mother's upset. They've attacked me for 14 months, day after day after day, and they relentlessly attack me. Nobody talks about my mental health. Nobody gives a shit how I feel. I, did, I didn't do any of the things he did. He's actually done things. I haven't done anything. But when you're in the club, you're protected by the media. When you're not in the club, you're attacked by the media. And that's how it simply works. You're either on our side or you're not. But to join their side, you have to sell your soul. Your sanity has a price. You have to, your sanity is for sale. You have to sell it. You have to come along with your sanity, take out your mind and say, here you go. Take my sanity. I'll take 35 million. Yes, that is a woman. Yes, protect me. It's insane. And the reason these people join these clubs is because they know they're doing bad things and they feel like they need protection. The reason I stand up and argue against all this shit is because I know I, have, I don't have skeletons in my closet. You think I'd be on the internet talking like I talk and fighting the matrix if I had skeletons in my closet, if I was actually a bad person? I've been investigated as deeply as a person can be investigated by multiple federal agencies for 14 months. I was locked in a jail cell and 2,000 people I know was called. My barber, my old housekeeper from when I lived in England nine years ago, my, my gardener I used to have in another country I lived in. Everybody was called. And people were offered bribes effectively. The media are calling girls saying, if you have a bad story to tell about Andrew, we, we can pay you $30,000 if you have a bad story. That's a bribe. That's a bribe. And they still couldn't find anyone. Still, I've been investigated to a deeper level than 99.9% .9 of people you'll cross on the street. And they're saying I'm guilty and I'm a bad person? You put, you go get 20 men off the street and put them through what I've been through. You'll find more crimes than you've ever found with me. Absolute clown world, it's insane. And if I was part of the club, none of this would be happening. The media would be on my side, they wouldn't be hitting me this hard, they wouldn't be lying about me. All I had to do was sell my soul and sell my sanity and I refused. And they're trying to punish me for it, that's what's happening. It's funny you say this. Uh, um when uh, we watched the BBC interview with uh, Musk, right? And he goes up and the guy opens up the question with, why'd you agree to do this interview? He says, well, I don't know, what's the name of the BBC? And he's trying to mock them and all this stuff. And there's a part of it where, you know, he calls them out for the mistakes they made. Yeah. And if you go to the bottom of the interview on BBC, you'll see comment section saying, why'd you cut that out? Because yeah. Musk puts it on Twitter, but they didn't put it in the interview. Yeah. Then you watch the interview with, the, uh, 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 with you. The first question they ask you was, uh, uh, what's the first question? Hey, you've been accused of serious uh, crimes. rape or something like that. Uh, uh, you know, right off the bat, they ask that question of you. And then you see the interview, Lucy Williamson, I believe her first question was, you're facing some very serious allegations. Have you raped anybody? That's the open question that they ask you. And the video they put up, the first one, they take it down. The second video they put up, that's 12 minutes, like the highlight one. They turn, uh, the comment section is open. There's 80,000 plus comments there. Then you look at Philip Schofield. Yeah. You just brought up Philip Schofield. For people that don't know who Philip Schofield, do you mind explaining to people who he is? Yeah, he was a TV presenter in England. He was very famous. He ran the morning show and he was grooming children for a very long time and all the staff knew about it. And the people who worked on the show with them were being groomed by him and everybody knew and it was all a big ha 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 joke. And now he's come out saying, oh, please don't pick on me, I feel sad. And the media is saying, I'll leave the guy alone. He, he, he is, uh, when you go look up his Wikipedia, it says he rose to prominence as children's BBC continuity presenter from 85 to 87. Yep. Then went on to do programs on BBC and ITV for going live this morning, Dancing on Ice, All-Star Mr. and Mrs., The Cube, and a bunch of other things. And they interview him, okay? While he's going through the mess, uh, 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 you know, after 27 years of being married, this one guy that he groomed since 10 years old, his name is uh, McGreevy, I want to say, something McGreevy, yep. uh, that he's uh, uh, going through the process. Matthew McGreevy, they met at 10 years old at a theater group. At 15 years old, Philip follows him on Twitter. Yep. While the kid is 15, he follows him on Twitter. Yep. The guy celebrates it. Long story short, L Ruth Langsford, they work together with. She files a complaint. Then right after filing the complaint, he, uh, McGreevy gets fired. Then he has to take a break. Then he comes out after 27 years telling his wife, you know, and hey, I'm, I'm gay, I'm coming out of the closet. He's got two daughters. But there's a part of it where Matthew calls his wife and says, hey, yeah. your husband and I had an affair together when I was 19 the first time and 20 and all. Yeah. Nobody knows if it was before or not. The interesting thing about him is his brother, Timothy Schofield, I don't know if you know about his brother. Oh, what, the one who's in jail for being a pedophile? was convicted of 11 sexual offenses involving a child between October 2016 and 2019, including two sexual activity with a child. Here's how the interview started. First question, the guy asked him, 
He says, you've had quite a week. How are you? Opening question. Versus the question they ask you on the opening, right? And then he turns around and says, the media's interest in the affair was motivated partly because of my homo, because of homophobia, alleging that an affair with a much younger woman would have not generated such a scandal. So he gets protected. Yep. And he says, all those people who write those, uh, write, write those stuff, do they ever think that there's actually a person on the other end, right? This is proven. By the way, this is the part where even when somebody's watching you and saying, why are they taking him to court? Maybe he did something. Why are they taking Trump to court? Maybe he did something. Why are they taking this guy? He must have done something. There must have been something there, right? It's stuff like this, BBC does. If BBC are watching this, right, I want to kind of remind you of your mission statement that you have on your website. We're going to put the link below to your mission statement. You can go find it. Here's what your mission statement is, BBC. This is why you've lost some credibility the last couple of years. To act in public interest, serving all audiences through the provision of impartial, keyword impartial, high quality and distinctive output and services which inform, educate, and entertain. You say you inform, educate, you entertain, yet you conceal, misinform, and your content's quite frankly boring. You're cherry picking on people that you're talking to. So a message like that gets the average person to say, everything with you is allegedly, everything he did is proven, his brother is proven, yet let's leave him alone, poor guy, let's target him. This is where their argument has leaks in it. Oh, somebody I, like you can tear it up. Absolutely. Philip is part of the club, and I'm not. And, and this is the thing. I'm a mentally resilient person, right? 14 months they've attacked me. I'm not going to sit and complain about that because that's not how I operate as a man. 14 months they've complained about me. If you look in, if you type Romania, human trafficking, you type in any of these things, my name comes up, my face, I'm a bad person. I've lost all my bank accounts. I've lost all my social media accounts. I've been vilified all across the matrix in every single possible way. They print my face every single day with something negative next to it daily. Nobody gives a shit about my mental health, right? Because I'm the enemy. And what's scary about this is Lucy Williamson herself, she was begging me for an interview. The BBC were begging me for an interview. I don't need any of these people. The only reason I even sat down with the BBC is because they were begging me. I can go and just say my own words and get plenty of views, right? But the whole time I was in jail, they're begging me for an interview. Can we speak to them on the phone? Maybe you can give an interview from jail. Can we have an interview? Please, 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 please. And I was saying, why do I want to talk to the BBC? And the BBC were saying, no, we don't want to do a hit piece. We want to come across and we want to be impartial. This is what they're telling This is what they're telling me. We want to be impartial. We believe there's a side of the story that hasn't been told. We're really interesting and we're really interested in some of the uh, let's say, what's the word? I don't want to get this wrong. Inconsistencies in the Romanian justice system. We're very interested in his side of the story. There's been enough hit pieces. We want to tell the other side. We want to hear Andrew Tate's story. And I said, no, on repeat. Then they sent me a list of questions. I didn't even ask for a list of questions. That's not who I am. I don't have to script. I never ask for a list of questions. They sent me a list of questions. Here's what we're going to ask. It's about his mental health. It's about the Romanian justice system. It's about the fact he hasn't been charged. His liberty has been deprived. All this stuff. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. Maybe it's a bit interesting. And the Matrix is obviously printing lies about me. And these are some interesting questions from the Matrix for the first time ever. Okay. They walk in here all smiles and happy. All smiley faces trying to take me off guard. I already have my list of questions, right? It's all gonna be nice and easy. I sit down and they instantly attack me. They put the cameras on first and they attack me, expecting mm. me to stutter and make a fool of myself. It's, it's, it's kind of like a, they tried to sucker punch me. I'm in the club and they're my friends shaking my hand and they tried to hit, hit me and knock me out. And this is the thing that's so amazing about it. Yes, I destroyed the BBC, but of course I did because I'm smarter than all of them. But why should I have to rely on my wit and intellect to destroy BBC with their research team and their plan their deliberate plan to try and annihilate my, not only my credibility, but my life. They are trying to put me back in jail, these people. They're not, they're not dishonest. They're genuinely evil and they don't give a shit. And so why should I even sit there and entertain them? I believe I could slip every single sucker punch they throw at me for the rest of human time. I could sit with any of these clowns and no matter who they sit with, with their mm -hmm. research team, whatever garbage they come up with, I'll make a fool of all of them. But why am I even entertaining them anymore? What's the point? That was the last chance I gave mainstream media. They lied for months to get that interview with me. Completely dishonest, head to toe. And like you said, they sit with Philip. Are you okay? Are you okay? We heard your mom's upset, that poor old lady. Maybe everyone should stop talking about it because his mom's upset. Let's not talk about it anymore because his mother's old. You're either part of the club or you're not. You have to sell your sanity nowadays. If you sell your sanity, you're afforded protections. That's the reality of it because if you're a sane thinking person, you don't buy their bullshit. And that's what upsets them. 
They don't want anybody who thinks for themselves. They need you to not, they want you to believe exactly what's on the television screen. Believe in COVID. It's COVID now. It's COVID now. Oh, Putin's invaded Ukraine. Putin's cured COVID now. Now it's Ukraine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's insane. Till the next thing comes. It, it, it's absolutely asinine. Did any of the questions that they sent you ahead of time? Zero. Oh, by the way, we didn't, there was no. No, that's not how that we operate. Us ahead of time of what, whatsoever. Did they ask you any of the questions they Zero. said they were going to ask you? Zero. They start with an attack and it yeah. became a battle instantly. Did they ask you at any point what jail was like, Zero. what your mental health was like? Zero. Uh, how, like, you completely missed the mark when everyone wants to know what was jail like. Well, but and they don't even ask you that question. But this is what's so interesting about it. These people are so detached from reality because they are genuinely detached from reality. They think that finding a video I made eight years ago, a four-hour speech I made eight years ago and finding one line of it without context that can be misconstrued. They think that sitting down with me and, and saying that to me is an aha moment. Nobody cares mm -hmm. because you're taken out of context one. And I said, you're taking things out of context. She goes, I'm not taking it out of context. I said, if you're presenting it without context, that's taking it out of context. That's what it is. You're lying by omission. I said that to her after the camera's off and she looked at me because she didn't understand. When you omit details, when you refuse to put in all of the details, you can lie by including one detail which may happen to be true. You can tell the truth and miss all the details around the truth and you are lying by omission. You're lying by omission. And you're sitting here saying, oh, you said this eight years ago. Nobody cares because they know me and they know I didn't mean it in that way and they know it's taken out of context and they know that it's an old video on the internet and it's not even an aha moment they think it is but they just want to sit with you for an hour, attack you and attack you and attack you, wait for you to make one mistake. If I would have stuttered or made a single mistake, that's the only three minutes they would have shown. That's all they want. They want that one hour, then they take the little bit. With me, they cut it down to 12 minutes, and they look terrible in all of it. But if I would have made a single mistake, it would have been the only bit they shown. That's all they care about. Fake news. Did you tell them, did you say, I'm only doing this if I'm able to record as well? I said that. I know that's what happened with Trump as well a couple years ago. I didn't even tell them, I just recorded it. Okay, so they didn't know you were recording. They didn't know I was recording until afterwards, and then I said, that was dishonest, I'm going to release the whole video. You told them before you released I it. I told them. There is no contract or agreement with BBC. No. Nothing was signed, it was just simply a, yeah. a, an interview. Okay. Because I think that was very important when you released it, for people to see what fully was said versus, and by the way, you know the Philip Schofield interview that they put up, the 12-minute yeah. one that just came out? You know the comments are turned off. Of course they are. The comments are turned off, of yours are turned on, his is turned off, of uh, and, and who knows many reasons why they would do that. But going back, going back to BBC, so, okay, they come, they want to ask the questions of you. For some of the people that maybe aren't following the story closely, but they know who you are. We're, we're in the car, we're driving, yeah. and a lot of people are asking questions. There's, we ask the drivers, like, hey, are you going to Tate's place? How do you know we're going to Tate's place? And he says, well, who's Tate? Oh, Andrew Tate. Oh, tell us about Andrew Tate. Well, this is, okay. What kind of a guy is he? He's actually really like him. I said, why do you think he's going through what he's going through right now? Oh, it's, because, it's always because of money. Okay, so we're at a different restaurant. So tell us, why are you going through this? Why is he going, everybody's saying a similar thing about this, right? But for those who don't know, there's three different camps. Yeah. The camp that already sees you guilty, it doesn't matter what they read. So for example, this story here, you know, from BBC came out just last night, 10.30. Andrew Tate choked me until I passed that UK woman claims, right? This is. Alice, another anonymous name, just like Sophie, right? Yeah. But there's three camps. There's those that say, well, look, I'm already thinking he's guilty. I don't like him anyways. I need anything to get me to think he's guilty. Yeah. Whatever it takes. I don't, have to, I don't have to do my own due diligence. I just have to hear anything. Then there's a camp that's a diehard fan. There's nothing you can do that they did wrong. You yeah. can, you know, in their eyes, going to be wrong. Then you have the people in the middle that are the reasonable ones, yeah. that are saying, you know what, let me look at this. Yeah. What about this? What about that? The people in the middle may say the following question. They may say, and I may have asked this question from you last time as well. They may say, Andrew, okay, if this guy is so innocent, how can they get you to go to the dungeon for 92 days? How can they put you on house arrest? How can they do all this stuff? Yeah. If you're somebody that was born in the U.S., you lived in UK, how come somebody else isn't coming to bail you out? You got different lawyers. How is it that they can keep doing this to you if you're not guilty? What do you say to those people? Yeah, and once again, I have to be careful what I say because of the court case, but Romania has a law, or the law in Romania is basically, if you can prove to a judge that it might have happened, they're allowed to hold you up to six months during the investigation stage. If I was guilty of anything, I would have been charged long ago. And we're gonna talk about charges soon because I, I still believe they're gonna to attempt to charge me. 
But we're now approaching the end of the six months they can keep me under a form of arrest for without charge. Typically in Romania, when I was first arrested, the guard said, ah, within two weeks, you'll have your indictment. I was like, two weeks? He goes, yeah, everyone gets charged quickly. It, nobody waits six months for a charge. If they arrest you, they charge you, like, like every other country, right? The fact they've waited six months and gone into my entire life and attempted to, to find something shows they don't have a case. Why I believe it happened is because they didn't have a case when they were trying to hit me with this garbage and they thought, you know what? If we put him all over the news, if we slander his name completely, if we, there was a hotline set up. If you're a girl who's been hurt by Andrew Tate, call this number mm -hmm. in the UK, a hotline. So they were attempting to use the media to find what they wanted. Months go by, months go by, months go by, case file's empty, nothing's happening. My lawyer's saying, when are we gonna close this case file? Like, yeah, we're just waiting for some papers. We're gonna close it, we're gonna close it, we're gonna close it. Around the time I was canceled, things started appearing in the case file again. They start spying on me again. Very interesting that it happened around that time. I don't know if they understood that I didn't have, I wasn't protected by the political class of the USA. I don't know what happened. They started to build this case and they spied on me for all of these months, spending millions of euros spying on me everywhere I went, trying to find evidence of a crime. Eventually they get to the end of their legal limit to spy on me and they don't have any crime. They don't have anything. So in my current court case, we have two Americans who lied, the ones who we have the conversations between them saying they're going to get an Oscar for lying to the mm -hmm. police. We have the CCTV of them coming and going. We have their Uber records showing they can travel the country freely. We have their phone calls with their mother where they're saying, yeah, he didn't hurt me. And my boyfriend caught me. We have all of it. We have all the evidence. We have those two. And then there's nobody else who could possibly even take the stand. I don't believe as, as, as high level as this matrix attack is, I still don't believe a Romanian judge is going to put me in jail with, with the dossiers. I've seen it. It's garbage. I don't think I'm going to end up in jail. But it's just taking years of my life, damaging my influence, having bad things to say about me, keeping me under control, keeping me locked in a, in a house. That's, that's all they want to do. They have no interest in the truth. There's no victims. There's no one to take the stand. Do you know who Sophie is or Alice is or no? Yeah, so the BBC. Ali. That's really interesting. So then the BBC says, well, we found victims. Because the BBC have done enough investigative journalism to understand that the case is garbage and they have there's no victims. So they said, well, we found victims. They found one called Sophie first. Mm -hmm. That was a few months ago. I think I was still in jail when Sophie appeared. Is that her real name? No, that's her fake name. So they have a girl with a fake name called Sophie. They don't show her face. They, they ask me, what do you think about Sophie? How can I comment on Sophie when Sophie isn't real? First, firstly, you've made her up. Secondly, I don't know who you're talking about. You're saying that nine years ago, I was emotionally controlling that is the most subjective garbage accusation. What does that mean? Nine years ago, I said you shouldn't party with those guys in the club. Is that what I said? I don't know what I said. I don't know who she is, if she exists at all. And they're saying nine years ago, you were emotionally controlling Sophie said so. Who's Sophie? We're not telling you. What's emotionally controlling mean? We're not telling you. What, do you, what comment do you want me to do? If this person even exists, which they don't, then I destroy the BBC, make it very clear to them that Sophie doesn't exist on repeat because she doesn't. And two days later, Alice appears. What's interesting about this is that DCOT, the federal agency inside of Romania, along with help from international partners, have tried so hard, spending millions of euros with federal level tools to find a victim so they can put me in jail. And they can't find anyone. But the BBC just pulls them up whatever they want. The BBC does. Where do these people come from? And I say this every single time. If anybody believes they've been wronged, male or female, by me, go to the police. Go to the police. I encourage you to go to the police. All these people say, we don't want to go to the police. We just want to stay on the news. What, is that because you're not real? Is that why? <laughs> That's pretty convenient. I mean, I thought I was a bad person. Why don't you go to the cops? Oh, because you have no evidence and it doesn't exist? That's why. Are all these accusers in the UK, not even in Romania? Not even in Romania. So Sophie and Alice are supposedly both from the UK. And Alice's story to is- To correct, it's not Alice. I said Alice, it's Evie. Evie or Evie or something like that. E-V-I-E. E it's all made yeah. up names. It's all point. made up names. Yes. So Evie we could call whatever name we want, but- Yeah, Evie is saying 13 years ago, I, I choked her or something. Yeah. By the way, when is the six month time limit? End of this month. Okay. And can we reference the tweet you just posted a couple days ago? I, I want to stay on the sure. show's commenting on Evie. Sure. You were going to say something about Evie. Uh, what she said 10 so she's claiming 10 years ago or 13 years ago you guys had the consensual sex the first time she comes back for the second time around according to the story she says she was being uh, 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 your hand was on her throat strangled me she was passed out for a minute and then she came back and she said I did not approve of the second time having sex after she was passed out so these stories they're making you know and then she says the guy asked a question saying, how come you didn't do any police report back then? 
She says, well, because it's not fully rape and it's not that because it was consensual. I kind of wanted to be there and I didn't tell anybody about it six years later. There's way too many things that doesn't give it credibility for somebody to say, I didn't do anything about it then, but six years later I told my friends, three or six years later. Yeah, and this is the thing that's scary. If you say to any red-blooded male, 13 years ago you had sex with a woman consensually and she's now unhappy about how that sex happened. You can get, any man on earth can get screwed with that. If this person exists at all. And like you said, she refused to go to the police if she exists. And she's saying it was consensual. I think last night they aired it on Newsnight and she literally they said, why are you coming forward now? And I think she, this actor, the person literally said, because now he's rich and famous. They literally said those words. That's, that's what they said. Oh, well, because now he's rich and famous. I think it's unfair. To, it's, 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 it's asinine. I don't understand genuinely how a man can protect himself in the Western world anymore. How can you even exist anymore? If this is what they're going to hit you with as soon as you get to a certain level of influence, there's no man on earth who's safe from this. I said this to my judges. The, I had a few male judges. I said, they could do this to you. They could do this to anyone. They can do it to you or you or me or any man watching this. Any man watching this. They can put in the BBC, nine years ago you did something. They won't tell you her name. They won't give you any chance to defend yourself because you have no idea what they're fucking talking about. And they will print it on repeat until you lose your job no. and lose your bank and lose your social media. And then you're going to sit there bankrupt and depressed. And then they're just going to move on from you. And if you don't die, if you're like me, a cockroach who refuses to die, if you sit around and refuse to go away, they're going to make up a new one. It's, it's crazy. And it's genuinely scary. And you're not safe from it anywhere anymore. I will say right now on this podcast, I encourage absolutely anybody who believes I've harmed them, male or female, to go to the police with evidence and we'll go to court. Let's do it. I don't harm people. If I was harming people, I wouldn't be out here as open as I was. The biggest criminals and the biggest gangsters and the most heinous people on earth don't have social media. <laughs> you know this. Do I see a guy with an Instagram pretending he's a gangster? He's not a gangster. The real gangster hasn't got Instagram. But that's the reality of it. You think I'm gonna become the most Google man in the world if I've been running around hurting people? It's absolutely insane. And I think there has been a shift in the consciousness. I think, especially because of COVID and a few other things, people are starting to understand that all these people do is lie. I think people are starting to understand that. And the harder they try and hurt me with these lies, the less people believe it, which is scary for me. Like I said earlier, it's scary. They keep coming up with more garbage. The bullets keep bouncing off. So now they're sitting around going, we can't convince the world this person is a bad person. How do we get rid of him? That's the scary part. You were going to say something. Yeah, the, follow up the, 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 the six there. months, uh, you know. It's six coming, months said, coming up right now. It's coming up yeah. June 29th, I believe. Correct. Okay, you put out a tweet recently. You said the six-month time limit is running out, yeah. right? There's zero evidence against me unless they invent something against me, right? Yeah. And then you ask a poll. You said if they charge me with an empty bullet and it still takes a year to beat it and it allows them to save face, they're hoping that the world will basically forget about all this. Yeah. What do you think they will do? And you gave people three options. Option yeah. one, let me go. Option two, charge me with no evidence. Option three, invent and frame attempt. The results were 38% let me go, yeah. right? 35% invent and frame attempt. And option two, in third place, charge me with no evidence, 27%. So 38%, 35%, 27%. So basically, it's, 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 pretty, uh, it's, it's pretty, pretty even. The, the, so what do you think is going to yeah, happen the, the, the people, the 38% of people who think they're going to let me go, I think are extremely naive. I, I go to sleep every night, every morning. I wake up instinctually at 5 a.m. Because that's when they raid your house. I wake up at like 4.59. I just fucking shoot up. Because they, they bust in my house three times now. It's not nice to have a bunch of men with guns bust in your house. It's not a nice experience. So every single morning I wake up expecting them to just turn up again with something else and drag me back to a prison cell. Who knows what? They'll just make it up. But the fact they made up this particular crime is because it's a hit piece and it's a slander on my reputation. If they would have done the same thing, let's say for tax evasion, would anyone care? No. Ah, oh, rich guy didn't pay a piece of paper. No, no one cares. We have to hurt his name. Human trafficking. Think about, think about that. I said this to, to the judge. How does it make sense a man with no criminal record, who is financially successful, decides to begin to human traffic at 35 years of age. I have no financial motivation. It's clearly not my personality profile. I don't need money. Why have I begun to human traffic from nowhere? It doesn't even make any sense from a pure logical perspective. There's no motive to the crime. Who have I human trafficked? Who is the victim? There's no victims and there's no motive. And here I am on house arrest. It's insane. So yeah, I'm, I'm, it's genuinely intimidating. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen next. I believe they're going to try, they're going to try and charge me with the garbage they have. 
And I think what they're trying to do is just hang it over my head and keep me afraid. Do you think uh, of the, the idea of trying to either silence you or make you irrelevant is working? Meaning, do you think you're more relevant today than you were on September 1st? Is that strategy they're uh, implementing uh, working? No, they're failing. And the reason they're failing is because God's put me in a position where I have to lead from the front. I, I think that in the days of old, when politics used to mean something, Politics, I believe in politics as long as the leader of the country charges on his horse at the enemy, at the front. Then you're allowed to be king. Then I'll listen to your laws. That's politics. When you send other people's kids to die in a war and you sit on your ass, that's not politics to me. But now I'm in a position where I'm spearheading, by God's plan, the rights of basically every man on earth. They could do this to anybody. So I think any man with a brain who's thinking is looking at my position and going, they could hit me or, or my friends or my son or my dad the same way they're hitting this guy. And that, that builds a degree of affinity amongst my audience. So no, they failed. They failed and they made a hero out of me, which is what I'm actually scared of. I'm, I am scared by the incompetence of my enemy. I am scared by the fact that they are failing so monumentally. If they had been half successful with the cancellation, none of this would have happened. If the cancellation made me an obscure internet personality, it'd be over. If I would have just allowed them to beat me, none of this would have happened. But I beat them. And that's the problem. Now I'm sitting here going, okay, well, after I beat you, the BBC, after I destroyed the BBC, Tristan gave me a high five. He's like, oh, you wrecked them. They're gonna look so stupid. I said, bro, we've sunk the HMS Hood. HMS Hood in World War II, HMS Hood was the British battleship. It was the, the, the flagship of the Royal Navy. And the Royal Navy was obviously renowned. It has been for hundreds of years. It was the best battleship. And it was up against German battlecruiser, the Bismarck. And the Hood should have outgunned the Bismarck. And it was the best German ship against the best British ship. By absolute fluke, the Bismarck, on its first volley or second volley, landed a shell perfectly through the top of the hood and blew up the ammo magazine. And like in the first shot, within minutes, destroyed the entire HMS hood. Killed like, I think it was like 3,000 people, two survivors. You can find the video on YouTube, the hood blow into pieces. When Churchill found out the hood was sunk, he said, sink the Bismarck, don't care what it costs. He sent every ship, every plane, every sub diverted from every other mission. Doesn't care if we lose every plane we have, don't care if we lose the RAF. We cannot lose the hood without him losing the Bismarck. Sink the Bismarck. When the Bismarck sunk the hood, all of the crew were celebrating except the captain. The captain updated his will. He updated his will and telegraphed home to his wife and said goodbye because he knew. When I destroyed the BBC, my brother was celebrating, I knew. I said, like, Tristan, no. You don't beat the British Broadcasting Corporation and make fools of them like this without some new bullshit. We sunk the hood. And he's like, oh, we'll see. Oh, who's this, Evie? Evie. Evie. I fucking knew it. I'm winning too well. I'm scared by the incompetence of these clowns. <laughs> but I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Am I supposed to lose? I, 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 I'm genuinely looking for guidance here. Am I supposed to roll over and fucking lose when they're lying about me and slandering my name and trying to put me back in a fucking dungeon? Back with the cockroaches? All I could do is protest my innocence, but they're such idiots. I make them look so stupid. And then there's egos involved. You think, the, you, think the, you think Lucy Williamson hasn't been called into a meeting room with some BBC producer saying, you made a fool of us? Yes, she has. There's egos involved. Big, big businessmen with business interests have ego investment in hurting me now. And I keep winning. So I don't know. I'm in a very precarious scenario. Do I continue to win? Do I, do I let them win a bit? Do I just roll over and shut up? What am I supposed to do? I don't know what the right move is. It's difficult. So you, you sincerely don't know what the right move is. I sincerely have decided that the best thing I can do is stay true to my faith and stay true to God and tell the truth and fight. The right move for me, I believe, is to fight and, and fight to the end because I think that suicide is always the wrong option. I believe if you're put in a bad position, the best thing you should possibly do is fight to the best of your ability, which is what I'm going to do. However, if I was looking at it purely logically without any kind of ideological motivations, perhaps if I would have shut, shut up when they wanted me to, I wouldn't be in this scenario. But that's just not who I am. You know, Alexander the Great didn't have to keep conquering. <laughs> Genghis Khan didn't need to take Vienna. He could have just chilled. He, he kept going. So I feel like when I'm in a position where I don't know what I'm supposed to do, the best thing I can do is just look to God and tell the truth. And, just, and that's what I'm doing. I want to ask you one more question regarding human trafficking, because this is a heinous charge, or Absolutely. allegedly. Absolutely. I mean, this is, not any, this is not lightweight stuff. You famously ran a webcam business, Correct. perfectly legal, yep. nothing wrong with that. I mean, yep. I can't tell you how many women are doing OnlyFans these days, yep. webcam business. Yep. How much of a reason was that a correlation 
for the, the human trafficking, the sex trafficking, the webcam business, how much did they correlate yeah, that to, well, he must be human trafficking, he's running a webcam they, business, they, there's they, no correlation. Zero correlation. So they haven't even charged any of the webcam business zero. for any of this. Zero, And what's crazy is, it's crazy, his people assume that, right? It's crazy because one, it's not illegal, and two, you can go drive down the high street of Romania, there's webcam studios on, it's one of the most popular businesses in, in the country, it's not even illegal. And, and that was a past life, you're talking about something that happened 10 years ago. It was it's, that long ago. It was about 10 years ago, yeah. It was at the very wow. beginning of it. The very beginning of the whole idea of this, this, that industry. Minect is an application which allows you to take a minute to connect with influencers from all around the world. My name is Andrew Tate, and I'm available to speak directly to you on Minect. I think it's just perception. I understand I have this perception. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who are also dislike me, a lot of the reason they dislike me so much is my perception. I've, I've had people who say, I hate what you say. I say, what do I say? And after talking to them a while, they say, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Of course. It's the perception of aggression. It's the perception of masculinity that they're afraid of. It's not even the words, but they might like the words. Mm -hmm. It's my delivery. So I understand perception can be reality to a degree. I accepted that maybe the first month I was in jail. I understand when you have a message which is complicated and masculinity as a whole is a very complicated tapestry, that the best way to instill it and teach it is to break it down to its three core, break it down to its core beliefs. So I've evolved way beyond Lamborghinis and chicks, right? But masculinity as a whole is a very complicated tapestry. You need to have the emotionality. You need to have the times you feel like crying and you don't. You need to have the times you can be aggressive. You need to have the times that you can be violent to protect your family. It's very complicated. And you can't teach that, especially to the young generation, in, 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 in spite of the constant propaganda they have coming in their ears very easily. So I break it down to a very core message. And the core message is that I have financial freedom, so it's hard to tell me what to do. And I have sexual access because I'm respected by women. And I have a good network because I'm respected by men. I break it down to those core things. And those core things are what I build my, that's how you build the tapestry of masculinity. Because if you don't have those three core things, you can never build the rest of it. That's the beginning of it. If you don't have those three things, it's hard to build the rest. So anybody who doesn't look into my message properly, I mean, I'm sure these people who are after me have never listened to me speak at length, ever. Ever. They just look at a picture. He's on a boat. There's three girls on the boat. There's no way those girls are happy with that because my wife hates me. And there's three of them. So he, so he has to go to jail. And that's what's happening. It's, it's that baseline. I truly believe it's that baseline. But how else can I teach my message as complicated as it is without first breaking down and proving you have success in the most core levels of it, right? Before you learn to box, you jab and you cross before you do all the complicated stuff, you do the basic stuff. So a lot of it is people looking at my message, not understanding how detailed it is, not understanding how positive it is, looking at the baseline instincts which I teach and which I use to advertise my success as a whole to people to show and say, look, I clearly know what I'm talking about to a degree because I have things that you want. And you're a man, so you can't tell me you don't want them. Every man wants this, every man wants one of these. And they take all this and they try and weaponize it and use it against me. And you're right. It's, it's, it's feminism as a whole that has this idea that if a man is a man unapologetically and he doesn't apologize for being a man, that he's a bad person. Which we've discussed at length and I've discussed a bunch of times, but it's truly the most crazy thing about all of this is when shit hits the fan, it's exactly the kind of men they hate that they want. Every single time. Every single time. You can go out to a bar in America and you can stand there and argue with a feminist and argue with her to the end of time. And if someone ran in there with a gun, she would say, hey, you, you go, you're the misogynist, you go protect me. The feminist guy who's on my team, mm -hmm. I don't want him to go, I want you to go, please. We don't want Dylan Mulvaney on the front lines. Of course not, and, and, and it's hypocritical. And it's hypocritical and it's done on purpose, it's purported by the matrix, it's done to attack the baseline masculinity of men because they don't want men to be masculine because when you're masculine, you say no to things. I saw a really interesting study once that was test it had testosterone level and it was linked to your capability to disagree with people. The higher your testosterone level, the more likely you are to disagree because at a baseline level, back before we were more civilized than we are today, if you disagreed with someone, you had to fight him. Interesting. You had to fight that man. For you to sit and say you are wrong, there had to be a possibility of violence. If you didn't have the capability for violence, you didn't say they're not you didn't say they were wrong. You just agreed with stuff, right? So they don't want men who are standing up and saying, I don't believe in X. They want to reduce, reduce our testosterone levels to our eunuchs so that we sit and say, well, I may not agree with it, but what can I really do about it? It is what it is. And then they have absolute control. Do you think history favors that ideology? Or history, eventually, a group of men 
stand up and say, yeah, listen, we've had enough. This is not going to be happening. I, I do believe that in history it's always been the same. I believe it's always been a select group of good men who are up against evil. And I think they've always been outnumbered and it's always been difficult and they've always suffered. All of them. When I was in jail, the amount of letters I got from people and it was just names of, and I'm not comparing myself to these people. This is the letters I got of Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Muhammad Ali, da -da. everyone who was unjustly imprisoned. Everyone's gone to jail. Because when you stand up for something, they end up trying to put you in jail. When you're a good person trying to do good, the evil, the matrix as a whole, is going to try and throw you in jail. That's what they do. That's the punishment for it. And history's always been the same. It's always been a small group of outgunned people who stand up, who are to the detriment of themselves, too principled to allow injustice and evil to, to thrive. And they stand up and they're outgunned and they're outnumbered, but they're like, no, I have to tell the mm -hmm. truth. If you play a video game and you're the good guy, when you get to the boss at the end, he has more life than you. He has more hit points and he moves faster and he's a, he's a cheater. He cheats. He cheats. The bad guy cheats. But you still win because you're good. And that's how, that's how the battle's always been. I would love for the world to be another way, but I don't think it's ever been that way. I think if you find any time in history, it's always been the same story. And now I'm in the position where, like I said earlier, what am I supposed to do? Am I, have I... Do I have a life path in which I can genuinely help people? And do I have a life path in which I can genuinely do some damage to the evils of the world? <clears throat> or am I just going to disappear like a coward and let them lie about me and do my time mm -hmm. and shut up and delete my Twitter account and just go away?